Although it was coined in the 1970s, it wasn't until the 90s that the phrase 420 became associated with widespread marijuana use. 420 in the afternoon became a designated smoking time, and April 20th became a holiday for those that celebrated the counterculture of marijuana use. In the 30 years or so that have passed, public opinions on marijuana use have changed, and what was counterculture? Well, now it's just a day of celebrating marijuana. So today, we're going to celebrate April 20th by telling you the story about how 420 came to be and looking at some video games throughout the years that have depicted marijuana in them. So stick around and blaze it as we take today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 138th episode of our video game history podcast, Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week, we will tell you a story about one topic relevant to the current week in gaming history. It can be about a game, console, a person, so on and so forth. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the topic, what it took from the world as its inspiration, or what it gave back to the world as its legacy. And today, today... The day that this podcast is published is April 20th. That's 420, Woo-hoo. bros. 420, blaze it. Woo! <laughs> so today, we're all going to learn about the history of depictions of drugs and video games, uh, starting with Drug Wars, which was originally released back in like 1984. I'm David Kasson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who always calls out the 420 scores in our video games. He's my brother, Rob Kasson. Rob, this is it. This is like the holy grail for you, isn't it? I mean, it's the holy grail for the world, Dave. 420 <laughs> is just... It's its a prime... It is one of two prime numbers, and I don't mean those math prime. I mean just... Mwah, the French kiss, Italian kiss prime numbers. You have 420 and 69. Also joining us today, uh, repeating guest, Damon Robson. Damon, I t- what's the percentage of time that you play just stoned out of your mind? As much as I possibly can. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. Uh, realistically... At least, or let's say I game ten times a, a day or like uh, a week. A day. At least, not, at least nine out of the ten times a week, I'm high. He meant, he meant ten times a day. Of course, he did. Oh yes, he so, did. <laughs> all right, Damon, what are you playing right now? Like, what what's um, on your gaming repertoire right now? Branch Simulator and Arc mainly. Okay, Rob, what are you playing? Well, Dave, this last week has seen some of the old school RuneScape. The Rocket Leagues, a little bit of the Malvor Idol. I also did play a little bit of Phasmophobia. Ooh. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but those are the ones that jump out at the moment. And uh, yeah, I also got a new game from a friend, Mech Warriors, so I'm excited to try that out. Cool. Very cool. So what about yourself, Dave? 
Uh, we played Rocket League for like an hour or two, and that's been it. That was the only video game I touched in the past week. So, well, yeah. damn. Well, damn. Well, damn. So here we are. We're celebrating 420. And you may be asking yourself, you know, Dave, why are you doing something so stupid, you know, that people don't approve of? And I hate to tell you, but if you're thinking that right now, you are definitely in the minority. After all, you know, it's 420. It's about drug culture. People have very mixed feelings about drugs and specifically about marijuana. So we're talking about 420. Or do they have bad feelings about drugs, Rob? Um, I mean, I guess it's a, a mix of the two. It's been clearly pushed through a lot of state legislature to, at the very least, allow medical. Uh, quite a few have, well, I shouldn't say quite a few, but at least a few have also offered it for <clears throat> recreational use. And while it still remains illegal at the federal level, which affects a lot of big things, um, I I feel that it's just a matter of time until it becomes decriminalized and legalized as well across the national. Just that's that's very true. That's very true. So a survey conducted by Pew research in November of 2022. So five months ago showed that an overwhelming amount of us adults, 88% in total feel that marijuana should be legal for either medical or recreational use by adults. 59% feel that it should be illegal both ways, medical and recreational well, about 30% feel that it should be made legal for medical use only. In fact, only about of 10 only about 10% of uh, adults surveyed feel that marijuana use should be illegal. And these numbers were virtually unchanged from a similar survey that was conducted by Pew Research in April of 2021. And I think that your theory is correct because if you look at the statistics of the the surveys they've been doing, the older you are, the less likely you are to approve of the legalization of marijuana. So only about 30% of adults 75 years of age and older approve of legalizing it, while about 72% of adults age 18 to 29 approve. And that number only decreased to about 62% in the 30 to 49 age bracket. So I think it's a fair statement about what you were just talking about in that public opinion around marijuana legalization has changed drastically over the years, and it's likely going to become much more accepted, you know, much more accepted across the United States as the younger generations age and become more involved in the political process. So. um, Absolutely. I mean, we could go into the politics of it all and I'm not going to do that, but it just, it goes to show you, man, there's as time goes on things that people thought were bad sometimes realize they aren't so bad case in point prohibition yep yep everything was bad prohibition um definitely prohibition but public opinions changed you know it wasn't always approved such widespread you know today we're doing this short little fun episode on april 20th which has become an international counterculture holiday that is based on the celebration and consumption of cannabis. Counterculture, in case you're wondering, is of course a culture whose norms go against the mainstream. But I think it's fair to say that this isn't so much of a counterculture anymore, especially since 
89% of people feel that it should be legalized one way or the other. I feel it should be treated like alcohol, in all honesty. I, I, I think that's a very fair statement. It, it really genuinely should be treated. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, put age limits on it, put impairment laws on it. I mean, we already do have impairment laws on it, but I, I agree. I was going to say, we can get a DUI in Michigan now for yep. driving under the influence of it. Yep, for sure. So as the public opinion of April 20th has changed, so has its its meaning. You know, in the beginning, it was really a day of civil disobedience uh, because nobody, you know, wasn't legal anywhere and wasn't approved. But as time has changed, um, as cannabis activist Steve D'Angelo puts it, 420 has become a celebration of acceptance, a celebration of victory, and a celebration of our amazing connection with this plant which will always be worthy of celebration. But that begs the question, where did 420 begin? So in 1971, five high school students in San Rafael, California, used the term 420 when referring to a plan to search for an abandoned cannabis crop that was based on a treasure map that was made by a local grower. So essentially, it started out with a treasure hunt. Nice. Wait, so you're telling me that this all started... Because they did Goonies with pot. They did Goonies with pot, yes. Wow, way to put it. Let's so these, go. These five students, Steve Capper, Dave Reddix, Jeffrey Knoll, Larry Schwartz, and Mike Gravitz, they called themselves the Waldos. And they designated a Louis Pasteur statue on the grounds of San Rafael High School as their meeting place. And they designated 4.20 p.m. as their meeting time. So the Waldos referred to this plan by the phrase 420 Louie. Now, after several failed attempts to find the crop, the group eventually sorted the phrase to 420, which, you know, because they met several times. And that ultimately evolved into a code word that the teens used to refer to smoking marijuana. Now, this story became lore. It was the story of the Waldos, and it was picked up and popularized by Steve Hager, who was the editor-in-chief of High Times Magazine. So 420 Smoking and 420 as a Holiday was first mentioned in the May of 1991 issue, and at the time, it was mistakenly attributed to the origin, uh, its origin, rather, was mistakenly attributed to a police code. But over time, the truth came out, and the connection to the Waldos and the history of 420 uh, was finally clarified and published in December of 1998. Now, with that being said, the spread of the phase 420, blaze it, smoke it, whatever, 420 is a time and a date, uh, the spread of it was largely attributed to Grateful Dead followers after one of the Waldos, Dave Reddix, became a roadie for Grateful Dead's bassist Phil Lesh. So there you go. It was, Rob, that was perfect. It was the Goonies with marijuana. <laughs> Hey, you know, I never would have known. It's one of those things I've always wondered, and finally I have my answer. It's because they did a Goonies, but with weed. Oh, man. Yes. So like all things, it should be no surprise that as the ideas around marijuana changed, the depiction of marijuana in video games has changed throughout the years. One of the earliest games, uh, and one I honestly played a bunch of, was uh, a game called Drug Wars. Now, in 1984, John E. Dell was taking his sophomore computer class. 
He had recently played a game at his friend's house that involved buying and selling goods at fluctuating prices. Um, there's some, uh, there's some, you know, different ideas on what that game is. He's said to be inspired by Star Trader, um, for instance. So maybe it was Star Trader, but the, but the, he's really not sure. He just remembers that it was a game that involved buying and selling goods. So for a class project, he decided that he wanted to adapt that game style to a game in which the products bought and so sold included lewds, speed, weed, acid, heroin, and cocaine. So he said, I can distinctly remember that my teacher put a frowning face on the paper. He really didn't like the subject matter. Still, he begrudgingly gave me an A on the assignment. <laughs> he did the work. He made a game, right? It just happened to be buying and selling drugs. I mean, that is actually an incredible teacher that they didn't let their bias affect their grading. Very true. So for this class, Drug Wars was written on a TRS-80, but sometime later it was rewritten uh, for DOS, and then it was uploaded to a bulletin board system, or BBS, because uh, that's how we all shared files back then. And then in all honesty, John Dell forgot about the game that it ever existed. He enrolled in the U.S. Naval Academy, and he began a military career studying, you know, continuing to study computer science. But Drug Wars was out in the world. He put it out there, and people downloaded it and took it, and it became its own thing. It was reprogrammed into an actual BBS game that could be played on the BBS. It was rewritten for early Windows editions. It wasn't very popular because early Windows computers were stupid expensive, so not many people had it. So Drug Wars was being ported by other people to all these different platforms. But it really didn't take off until Jonathan Mayer rewrote it for his graphic calculator in 1993. I'm sorry, did now, you say John Mayer? I said Jonathan. Yeah, I did. Damn it. Jonathan, maybe it's Meyer. Oh, maybe, spelled differently. Okay. Maybe it's Meyer. I was going to say his so, dad is famous, he's famous, jeez. So, so Meyer used a TI-82 graphing calculator, and he took Drug Wars and he programmed his own version onto the TI-82. And so he had a homemade cable that allowed him to connect to the computer, and he shared it amongst his friends and then they shared it with their friends who shared it with their friends. And suddenly it was throughout the entire school. I knew it was a hit when I walked by the math classroom and saw the teacher playing it alone on the contraption that displayed the calculator screen up on the overhead projector said mayor. So he walks into class one day and he sees it up on the overhead and he knows I've, you know, this game is popular. And then one of Meyer's former high school classmates tweaks the program. Uh, he publishes it under his own name, and he uploaded it to one of the early file sharing sites that existed in the late 1990s. Now, Meyer wasn't happy about that, but to be fair, he took the game and rewrote it. That guy took the game and rewrote it. That was kind of how drug wars got around through the years. And once it was uploaded to an early file sharing site, it just spread throughout the company right throughout the country rather spread to schools throughout the country and it was at this time somewhere here in the mid 1990s that john dell's younger brother showed him that people were still porting and sharing his drug wars game online which blew his freaking mind <clears throat> 
and the game still the game still exists today. Uh, it's still available online. So let's touch briefly on what it is. Have either of you ever played Drug Wars, Dope Wars, Pimp Wars, anything like that? I have not. No. Are you talking no. about the mobile games? I mean, it can be. No, no, no. Drug War. I mean, Drug Wars is on the phones, but I don't. You you specifically know it. It's not like a pot growing game or anything like that. I think that's what you're referring to. No, it's like it's like it's like gang wars and stuff like that. You play like a like a mafia type of dude. Yeah, but you do different like criminal things in it. Nah, not quite. A little bit. This is just buying and selling. So the oh. premise of Drug Wars is that a player, you're a drug dealer living in New York City. You travel around various parts of New York City, like Manhattan, the Bronx, Brooklyn. You buy and sell various drugs like cocaine, heroin, acid, weed, speed. There's various ones. Um, and you just you you buy drugs at a low price, go to another part of the city, sell them at a higher price. And you just keep doing this, uh, you know, to try to make the most money in a period of 30 days. You know, you get uh, $2,000 in the beginning, uh, limited inventory, no weapons. You can increase your inventory, you know, get more money, buy weapons because people come after you. The police come after you. You can borrow money from loan sharks. And if you can't pay them back, bad things happen. So there's other things that kind of go. But the core of the game is that you buy low and you sell high. Just this game happens to be buying drugs low and selling high. After 30 days, the game ends. The final score, you know, you get by taking your current amount of cash and it gets multiplied and you get a score out of 100 based on the result. So not a complicated game, but, you know, for people that like to buy and sell things, it's kind of addicting. It's just buying and selling something different, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Sounds I definitely feel like I played similar games. Um, probably. I can well, relate somehow. I play drug dealer simulator. It's probably close to it. You know, drug yeah, like wars, you, ha- you have ahead. to like, uh, so in drug dealer simulator, you have to like build your clients, obviously. And then you can make up your own weed. You can make up your own contraptions with different types of like hard drugs and weed and stuff like that. You can add fentanyl to it. Like there's a lot to it. You can make different drug labs and stuff depending throughout the city. So, I mean, I can kind of like understand what you're saying. I gotcha. So, you know, Drug Wars has been rewritten and ported, and it's found in so many different versions online. So there was one version called Dope Wars, and it was written for Windows by a company called Bear Mat Software. And this version was made available on Download.com, which was a CNET website, and it was available between 1998 and early 2005. And during this time period, it was downloaded over 6.5 million times. It stayed on Download.com's 50 most popular games list for almost the entirety of 98 to 2005, a little over six years. Holy it was, shit! It was one of the 50 most popular games. So needless to say, a lot of people have played at least Dope Wars, which is just a different name for dope for Drug Wars. Dope War Classic was a rendition of drug wars with a larger variety of drugs to sell it has tens of thousands of positive reviews on the google store um there's dope wars 2 there's drug wars underworld there's a fantasy themed version that's just a different skin called dragon trader maybe you stumbled across a version called pimp wars which included sex trading um drug addiction management and basic uh driving simulator at one point even zynga 
the company that got famous from Farmville, they made a version of Drug Wars that was so based on social networking, so it had MMORPG interactions. You could deal drugs, you could hire workers, you could fight with them for cash in a club, you could gamble in a casino and partner with people to do various missions to earn money. So, Well, it looks like the farm wasn't paying too well. Jeez. No. So basically, basically, this, this game, this little drug wars, a little school project, is everywhere, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I am then, shocked that I have not come across this one at all. Man, I played the crap out of this on my, my graphing calculator. I, 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 that's how I had, no, that's how I had <laughs> that's it. Still, that's still hilarious to me too. I mean, I have definitely yeah. had games on my calculator. It's just, it's still such a funny concept to me that we've come so far in technology that something that people use to solve simple math problems can play a goddamn game. Well, I mean, and this is one of the first games I ever remember being able to get onto because I had a TI-83. This is one of the first games I remember being able to get onto my calculator to play. And it was, I mean, it's a, you know, it's addictive. Buy low, sell high. People are into that stuff, you know? Well, hopefully you're uh, not buying high because you might uh, not realize what you're buying. It's too stoned out of your mind. <laughs> so uh, Drug Wars, Drug Wars originally came out in 84. And to be honest with you, there weren't a lot of depictions of drugs in games. You know, the late 80s, early 90s is, uh, you know, we've talked about this when we did the episode on Mortal Kombat, for instance, that there was a lot of censorship and the conservative groups, the family groups, the parent groups, they were very much on top of video game publishers to not publish inappropriate content for children. That's about when the ESRB was created. In 1988, there was a game called NARC, which you were basically a, you are a NARC, like a, you're a police officer and your mission is to apprehend Mr. Big, who's the head of a big underground drug trafficking and terrorist organization. And it had depictions of drug use in it. But it was, it created a lot of controversy. It created a lot, a lot of controversy, you know? And so you don't see a lot of, a lot of video games depicting drugs after that. The nineties are largely a time where that was frowned upon when you had programs like deer in schools. Did you guys have to go through a deer program? Yeah, yes. definitely. Don't remind me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Deer. <laughs> Well, D.A.R.E. was really funny. You know, D.A.R.E. is the Drug Abuse Resistance Education. And D.A.R.E. was founded in L.A. in 1983. It was a joint initiative of the L.A. police chief at the time and the L.A. Unified School District. It was basically designed as a complement to the government's war on drugs, uh, but to get it and get it in school. At its the height of its popularity, D.A.R.E. programs were found in 75% of all American school districts, so it was everywhere. And basically, for those of you who don't know what D.A.R.E. is, because I don't know if it's still a thing, police officers would visit elementary school classrooms warning children that drugs are harmful and should be refused. It, the program sought to educate children on how to resist peer pressure to take drugs it condemned alcohol, tobacco, it condemned graffiti, it even condemned tattoos. Basically, it 
taught you not to succumb to peer pressure, I think is a fair statement, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which, I mean, that is one phenomenal thing that they, they do is not peer pressure, but, you know, it's some other things, especially the tattoos, which is mind-boggling. I don't remember them ever talking about that, but the fact that you found that in your research is just insane to me. I could understand the peer pressure side completely, but tattoos, like... I mean, I, I got my tattoos because I wanted them, not because somebody, like, peer pressured me into them. Yeah, but... norm. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, like, Dare, Dare was everywhere. There were fancy shirts and, and cars, and officers were encouraged to, to spend time with students on an informal basis, so they, they'd go and chat with students at lunch. They'd maybe go play basketball with people. That was a time when police officers not to get too political but police officers were viewed incredibly differently from how they're depicted now so yeah that's all i'm gonna say about that so as the war on drugs was going on and dare was in classrooms the 90s were largely devoid of depictions of drugs and video games but as we came into the 2000s uh, things began to change, you know, the, when, what was it about 2006, 2000, maybe a little bit after that, that's when you started to see legislation pop up for, for drug, for, for marijuana legalization. Yeah. 2006 in 2006, Colorado introduced amendment 44 to legalize cannabis, but it was defeated by a 60, 40 margin. And that 40% of people that wanted to legalize marijuana kind of gave hope to people who started to understand that all these old drug laws were shifting, shifting to reflect a rising uh, acceptance of cannabis. And what makes 2006 so special is that 2006 was the year that the original Saints Row came out. Now, Saints Row is an open world game. And in Saints Row, for those of you who don't know it, you can fill bong bowls or blunt papers with marijuana that you can get throughout the open world. So the, the first year that we saw, you know, a, a state try to legalize cannabis is really one of the next times that we see a prominent display of marijuana in a video game. You guys remember Saints Row, the original? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, you did. I loved that game. I want to play the new one, actually. Yeah. Uh, me too. It's on, it's on my list, too. So yeah, and from there, you just started to see things change as cannabis became less taboo and um, as cannabis became less, less taboo and, you know, people's opinions changed, then you started to see more video games made. So Damon, you were talking about like the, the Facebook ones kind of sort of, right? Yeah, mobile. kind of. So, the mobile so, ones. Yeah, so they were like tycoon-type games, like Pop Farm, right? Stuff like that? Kind of more like just like click on stuff and do it type game, yeah. Yeah, they were tycoon-type I type definitely games. had one on my phone that was a tycoon-type. You grow, you sell, you up- unlock new levels to get more stuff. <laughs> Basic tycoon stuff. Well, 2010 is about when you started to see a bunch of, a bunch of these. Pop Farm was one that was launched on Facebook. Uh, it was very much based on like Farmville. You grew cannabis rather than corn. Yeah, but I, I the remember. Rest, rest of it was the same. 
reports show that at one point pot farm at its height <clears throat> excuse me was raking in about a hundred and forty thousand dollars a month for its studio that made it so it was it people were spending money on it and when people saw the success of pot farm they basically started to follow suit and that's when you start seeing all of those cannabis games that were about running farms or running dispensaries or cultivating and growing different strains of marijuana for for different people to buy and those are probably some of the games that you played on mobile damon no my uh, and rob. like the mafia and rob criminal yeah. side that was more of rob's thing that is 100% more my thing. I'm much more the, the grindy sit and play RuneScape for 12. I mean, Pot Farm for 12 hours. So, yeah. <clears throat> so that's 2010. Pot Farm pops off, so to speak. And a few years later, in 2012, the first state uh, to legalize, Washington becomes the first state to legalize marijuana for recreational use in the United States. <clears throat> and as we all know, that was quickly followed by Colorado, California, Michigan, Oregon, and Maine. Um, all legalized marijuana for recreational use in the the decade that followed, between 2012 and 2020. So, and as more states did it, uh, you know, public opinion was changing, and so on and so forth. So, um, you started to see more depictions of of marijuana. You guys remember any other games that had them in it? There's a bunch nowadays. Uh, you know, I'm sure that I could think of if I took the time, plenty of games that had them. I mean, obviously, like now, Grand Theft Auto Five, you can get blazed off your ass. Um, yep, that's a big all one. Just sell everything too. True. Yeah. There, there's that. I forgot about that portion of it. But it, it's just funny to me, considering how. Now that it's legalized, it's still big depictions. But yet, I mean, a perfect example of drugs that aren't legalized, which shouldn't be, and I don't think that they should, um, but were portrayed in popular media, such as movies and things. Kiss in point, Scarface. Yeah, Everyone knows the, the major scene from that and the coking everywhere. And it's, you know, why was it such a big deal to say no to this in, in media? And why, like, it's great that it's making a resurgence now, but it's just weird to me to think how certain things are looked at in different lenses. Oh, well, people, um, people nixed cocaine, too. It was, it was a glorified thing, and you always see it associated with criminals, which is what Scarface is. You never see it, you never see it associated with anything but criminals. And so, like, it was allotted in that way because it was okay. only shown negatively. Okay, I now that you say that, I do like that a lot. That's a very good comparison. We look at it. Um, cocaine was huge. Cocaine was a big, big, big problem back then. It was a big, I mean, very much so. I'd say cocaine more than marijuana is a lot of why the war on drugs became what it was. You know, people, I mean, we all know the stance on it, right? People don't get angry or people don't die necessarily on, on marijuana, but on cocaine, it's a big problem, you know? And right now the problem is fentanyl, you know, that's become the big one um, that's become a problem because it's so easy for people to overdose on a very small amount of fentanyl. Um, but yeah, Rob, it's, it's funny not to, not to go back, but I want to bring it around before I forget you mentioned Grand Theft Auto five, you know, um, 
marijuana is actually mentioned in San Andreas, so it was in the series before that. But it wasn't until Grand Theft Auto V that you could really like that it that it took the front stage. In it, you can hit the bong, uh, and the game acts like you're like in a Cypress Hill music video. Uh, you can also buy a pharmacy, <laughs> a marijuana pharmacy called Smoke on the Water. Yeah. Um, and in Grand Theft Auto oh. Online, you can actually smoke so much that you die eventually. What? Yeah, that yep. is not a thing. Yep, it's. A, I mean, it, I, you guys got to try it. I, it says right here in the research I did in Grand Theft Auto Online, you can smoke so much you'll eventually die. Um, wow. And eventually, I always pass out. And eventually, there is a, they updated online to you can buy a cannabis farm now too that you know you can get more to sell. Um. Yeah, and you know, Grand Theft Auto is a series. We've never done a Grand Theft Auto episode, I think, but we know Grand Theft Auto as a series has really. I thought pushed. we did the original Grand Theft Auto, Dave. Yeah, you're right. We did the original Grand Theft Auto. You are 100 percent right. Thank you for calling me out on that. We have not done the modern Grand Theft Autos. The modern Grand Theft Autos really push and helped push perception on what's acceptable in a video game. Um, and just so you know, there are other games that have cannabis references. So uh, there are games that have entire plot lines dedicated to marijuana. In L.A. Noir, for instance, there's a case called Reefer Madness. In Far Cry 3, you actually have to light poppy fields um, on fire with a flamethrower. Um, so you have that as well. What else? Call of Duty Ghosts has a has a uh, cannabis themed camouflage skin that you could put on your weapons. So they added it to that. Um, yes, actually get this. So I, in call of duty ghost, this is what the product description of that reads. It says deliver chronic lethality. When you customize with the new blunt force personalization pack. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> you know, it, it's a, incredible. All these things that you've mentioned are games that somehow I've not touched and seen. So Realistically, my only dive into them is like Damon, the drug dealer simulator and yep. Saints Row and Grand Theft Auto. So that's why I was sitting here thinking, like, I can't think of any games. That's why I was trying to go off on a tangent to think of games. And I just, yeah, it's it's crazy. All of these just I know a lot of mods and games that right. do it. But yep. as far also, as the game itself, there's I, also I a sell, I go sell ahead. weed in The Sims. Nice. Like with my Yeah, like I have a mod in it. Thanks to my girlfriend. Uh she put it on my computer and I can grow plants in my basement and then sell off the weed if I want to. There is a map on Battlefield Hardline that is a massive underground grow facility for marijuana. Stop. Too. So no way. Yeah. How do how do we I not know this. that? We gotta get this game like right now. You've never played it? Hardline? I probably have. Yeah, I think we played Hardline. No, I never played Hardline. Anyway. And of course, there's other games, you know, some of them that you guys were talking about may have been Hempire, Weed Farm, Weed Shop 2, Weed Craft Incorporated, Wiz Khalifa, Wiz Khalifa's Weed Farm. That was one of them. (laughs) So um, there are lots of games nowadays that have it. There's even uh, Kevin Smith licensed Jay and Silent Bob Chronic Blunt Punch, which is a Double oh. Dragon-esque beat 'em game starring uh, Jay and Silent Bob. 
so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's been released yet, but they they kickstarted it and they're trying to to do a thing with it. So hell yeah, yeah that's incredible. Bane Silent Bob, that. let's go. I'll buy that. So yeah, so needless to say, depictions of marijuana are kind of way more widely accepted both in video games and across the country. Let's let's be honest, you know a lot of municipalities have decriminalized it, even if they haven't completely legalized it. I know that they did that here in new Orleans, you know, they decriminalized it. I mean, it's still illegal, but the police aren't going to go out of their way to arrest people for it is what that means. You know? Um, Yeah, actually I remember that before Michigan had uh, changed to recreational when I was in college, that was the case is Mount Pleasant had decriminalized it or the, uh, I don't know if it was the, the greater County area, right. or if it was Mount Pleasant specifically, but it was confusing at first to me. Cause well, it's not criminal. What does that mean? Like it's still illegal. You can't have it, but they're not going to care. Like, Oh, es- essentially, okay. Yeah. Essentially. That's essentially it. It just basically, it, it's a, a, a really official way of saying that we're not going to waste any resources tracking you down when we smell marijuana anymore. So, um and medical marijuana is legal here and part of the problem is is when you when you legalize legalize medical marijuana is how do you tell the difference and if you're still chasing down every marijuana person just to find out that they have a medical card you're wasting a lot of time and resources and so after a while they just give in you know and realize that it's a losing battle and public perception on you know marijuana legalization has obviously changed and and that's the that's the way everybody assumes that it's going to go i mean 10 percent it it's 10 percent of people that are putting up these walls but they have loud voices so everybody thinks that everybody's against it but reality is no one cares anymore so so yeah so here we are celebrating april 20th it's 420 and that is that that's it i'm surprised you guys haven't played i'm i'm honestly kind of surprised none of you have tripped on drug wars because like i thought that at first i thought that maybe i was the only person but then when i read that you know um dope wars was downloaded over 6.5 million times i realized i am far from the only person you know but um yeah i mean for me dave it's (sighs) marijuana is just like alcohol it's a way for people to relax and cut back and it you know people can go crazy with it and do dumb things but it's not something that i i necessarily like go out of my way to be like oh i need to play games that involve this or anything i mean yeah weed ink and things it was if they had a game that they could make fun about brewing alcohol um I would absolutely download that. The one that I had actually had for my phone was an idle game, much like Melvor, um, that you literally just, you clicked on something and it would do it in the background and you'd come back hours later. Um, we all know those are my type of games and I enjoy them. And it was kind of cool to see the side like, hey, how is this stuff grown? Just like in college, I had my senior design project was around a system for brewing beer from Marley or Barley. Um so like learning how all of these things is made is really interesting and things. And, you know, they have fun games that, to make it interactive in some way, you know, it's, it's cool to see. It's, it's fun to learn about that stuff, but I just don't feel like I don't need to go out and be like, Oh, I need to have weed in every game or, or like anything like that. Cause like Damon's selling weed in the Sims, but I mean, why not sell moonshine? Why not? Right. I know? agree. Yeah, I agree. It's, 
it scratches the same itch with a different prod product and sometimes the fun is learning how different systems work when they're implemented in a game correctly yeah and then so i mean i just like i said i haven't gone out of my way to play those um and being that it was popular when i was still 12 um yeah, true enough you know dare was pretty prevalent uh dare to resist drugs i'm pro- i'm surprised i don't have a shirt or a sign or something around because they did have some pretty badass cars let's be honest if you look those up there's some really badass done cars out there for dare but yeah it just it wasn't that prevalent and like i said once i was growing up i mean you know it's being from metro detroit it's a norm it's it's never been seen to me as one of these oh big bad scary things and you know, it's that's why kind of it's just like everything else. And I don't need to go out of my way to have it there. It's just, hey, it's fun to talk about and it's fun to joke about because, you know, I mean, hey, everyone knows 420 now. 420 Blazer, dude. That's very true. Very, very true. So. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. I think that's our topical conversation on depictions of marijuana and video games. I, I, I mean, I know there's other games out there, but. And I thought about doing other depictions of drugs. Like when I was kind of doing research, people were like, oh, like Skyrim, they use skooma, you know, and but I, don't, I think that's a little bit cheating. <laughs> Honestly, if you just start going, because there could be an argument made that like Pac-Man's little red power dot was drugs, too, you know? Well, yeah, everyone knows that that was like some freaking awesome painkiller that made him hallucinate ghosts. and He was actually just going around murdering people. Very true. He's a he's a he's a uh, LSD maniac. So there you go, LSD. That's the that's it. LSD maniac. Well, gents, you know we, as you noted, Rob, we've done an episode on on Grand Theft Auto before, haven't we? Uh yeah, Dave, we have. And you know, there's this magical place where people can go and learn about that. So why don't you tell them about it? Well, if you want to go check out old episodes of ours, you can do so by going to our website, which is www.memorycardlane.com. Also on memorycardlane.com, you can find a calendar of our upcoming episodes uh, where you can find out what we're going to do on and email us your own opinions, memories, uh, topics that you'd like us to talk about, uh, about the games on our podcast week in, week out. Uh, You can find our biographies. You can find a link to our... Uh, discord for instance and you can also find links to our social media i am on various platforms as david is wrong rob where can people find you these days i can be found on various platforms as rob underscore the letter o underscore raptor rob Rob o raptor damon where can people find you on social media these days snapchat snapchat (laughs) okay give everyone the snapchat let's go send it out baby snap it's I smoke weed every day. I smoke weed every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the problem with him smoking weed every day is he can't actually remember his social media handle. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Something like that. It's something like that. So each week, uh, we tell you a story or in topic like today, you know, a little topical thing about uh, it can be about a game, you know, uh, console technology. It's a story about something relevant to the current week in gaming history. This week, we're celebrating April 20th, 420, uh, the counterculture holiday around cannabis consumption. 
and we did so by talking about depictions of marijuana in video games, starting out with Drug Wars, which was released way back in 1984. One of the best parts about doing this week in, week out, is that when we teach you things, we learn things. And so as part of that recognition that that's a process, we like to go roundtable and talk about our biggest takeaways. Rob, what did you you learn today? Well, Dave, I think the biggest takeaway for me came pretty much at the start of our episode. Uh, Because, yeah, like I said, I had always wondered where 420 had come from. I had a always heard the rumors that it was Hitler's birthday and why it was associated with that. I have no freaking clue, but you know, it just, it was for some reason, something we were told just random rumors that started. Um, I'd heard that it was some chemical composition of THC or, you know, there were so many rumors and I mean, granted this, maybe this Goonies isn't uh, with weed, isn't the exact reason why, but it seems pretty damn solid and a good reason for me. And, it ties it into video games. So you know what? I'm going to go with it that 420 came from Goonies with Weed. And now I will really wish that someone will make a movie about it. Very true. Damon, what did you learn, to- what did you learn today? Do you want my honest opinion on this? I, I, 100% what did you learn? I was high. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you learned. I if I'm being completely honest, I picked like, the as right hard person. As, I, as hard as I try to remember most of the stuff that you said, I I was high. Okay. Well, he was going to remember stuff, but then, he, then got he, high. he got high. Nice. Oh, shit. What about yourself, Dave? What If you can actually remember things from not being a stoner I mean, over here. I mean, I'm going to go with you. And uh, I never knew the origin of it either. So it was super fascinating to learn where the, the 420 came from. I, I had zero idea that it wasn't some stupid. I don't even know what I thought it was, to be honest with you. I, I don't even know what I thought it was. But I it what, what I learned, what we learned that it is, is not at all what I expected <laughs> expected it to be. No, I mean, who could expect Goonies with weed, man? Like, it's... It's just, a, a, of all things, a, a treasure hunt for marijuana. Just Yep, some guy abandoned his crop and made a treasure map, and the Waldos uh, made various attempts to locate it. Unsuccessfully, I understand. Oh my god, you know what I just realized, Dave? Uh, now we know where Waldo is. Now we know where Waldo is. Very true. Very, very true. So there you have it. That is our celebration of April 20th. Little bit of levity in our weekly history. Although we, we covered history today. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And that'll about wrap it up for today. Uh, Damon, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. What do you want to add to today's episode before I take it out of here? Would you like to say anything else? Oh, I definitely would. <laughs> Smoke day weed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right, you boy. Uh, Jeez Louise. Rob, what would you like to add to today's episode? Well, Dave, first I'd like to take a moment and thank Snoop Damon for joining us today. Right. Uh, right. Our our local weed expert by far. uh, Cultivator, enjoyer, enthusiast all around. Thank you for bringing us your phenomenal knowledge on today's episode. We really appreciate it. And we hope you enjoyed your time with us. Stay high. Live life. I don't know. 
I'm high. That life lessons from Damon. Life lessons from Damon. You do you. And as always, I do want to take a quick moment to say thank you to all of our listeners. If you made it this far, you're a trooper. This one was definitely unique for us, but hey, we're having fun with it, and we hope that you're enjoying the ride along. So thank you. Very, very true. Uh, Great. Well, on that note, I'm going to take it out of here, and we're going to look ahead to next week, where we're going to tell you the story about a unique console that was released as both an arcade system and a home console. So released in April of 1990, the Neo Geo was a cartridge-based system that was released in two versions. There was one made for arcade cabinets and one specifically made for home use. But it was one console. It was one one piece of technology. So as part of its story, we're going we're gonna to learn all about its conception. We'll look at the Neo Geo library, and we'll also talk about why you probably never heard of it. Uh, unless you were, you know, Neo Geo just never caught on. So join us again next week as we visit the arcades on yet another trip down memory card lane. Do the thing. Do 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 up. Do 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 up. <laughs> Why does that make me laugh well, every time? Played. Well played. <laughs> <laughs>